0: Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with myself Joe Oberly and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Uh, Mark, welcome to uh, the Triple K Ranch, Kwasi, uh, Kevin, and Kirk. Huh? What do you think? Oh, wow!
1: There you go. Oh, you got all these nicknames, Joe. You're, you're in the you know you're missing your calling.
0: That's what I do for a week. Since the last time we talked, I, I think about these things and. Uh, Write them down. So it's it's a phenomenal hike Came up with that one. Yes, you
1: sound very excited today. Let's roll.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a it's a new week after uh, last week. Uh, last week we were talking big time about uh, uh, John, or John, Jim Harbaugh uh, coming to the Vikings. It looked like looked like that. Uh, pretty, you know, at least it was gaining a lot of steam in the Vikings Twitterverse and. Poo-pooed by our esteemed colleague Mark Craig, who said he didn't think it was happening; thought he was playing us. But uh, how did you think it uh, came out? What did you think of uh, everything that happened regarding Mark, Mike, John, Jim Harbaugh?
1: Yeah, now John Harbaugh—they might have, they might have wanted him a little more. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it happened a little. I didn't think he was coming. I thought that originally thought that maybe he's playing them to go to, to go to go to Miami. Um, you know, with, with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh, the way he is, the way his personality is, is he, it wasn't going to be a done deal until he signed. What surprises me is, that, as it was all fleshed out afterwards, uh, is, is that uh, he didn't get the impression that the Vikings, the, the mo- feeling was mutual with the Vikings. So you know, I, from what I can gather, it's a guy coming in, a very confident, arrogant type of guy coming in, basically telling them what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And that's not, you know, they, they liked him, but they didn't like enough to uh, hand over the, the the keys to the entire ranch, you know. So uh, he, he he was not made an offer. He uh, That night goes back to Michigan. Michigan just, you know, takes him back. Uh, I would have, might have thought twice about that if I'm Michigan, but he did have that one great year. He, he picked the right time to do all this because if he had done it last year or, or you know, when he's getting his head bashed in by Ohio State every year, he wouldn't have been able to go back, I don't think. So uh, they you know, that passed on, and we arrived after what eight, can- nine candidates, I believe. We, we arrived at what we what a lot of us, myself included, initially said. You are getting the absolute ant- opposite of Mike Zimmer. You're kidding. You know, Mike Zimmer has ties that are probably older than this guy. So you know, there's a 20 year difference. He's an offensive guy. Played quarterback. He's got a relationship with. That one-year relationship with Kirk Cousins, he is the entire opposite, and that's typically what you see happen. Whenever one system, you know, does not work, it does not work for that long, or to the point where you don't get a championship. There, there were times where when it worked, you know. Now you go the complete opposite way, and that's what they got, and that's where we're, that's where they're heading. Maybe if Harbaugh's first name was
0: Carl, then he would have got the keys to the Triple K Ranch. Maybe, no, Carl with a K. Uh,
1: Carl K. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I got to beat that joke a couple times. You need a, you need like
1: a little little drum thing in the background. <laughs> but uh,
0: anybody listening to this show long enough has that programmed into their head. They can hear it when I speak. Um, I to me that's a red flag. I mean, that to me was why I didn't want Harbaugh in the first place. I you know he just. His attitude is different. Now, granted, he had a good year this year. Uh, He's had success in the past. He's just bizarre to me. And he comes in there, if he thinks he's coming in and just waltzing in and, you know, uh, I got this thing licked, you know, it's my job. If if that's in fact what happened, I just, you know, that's bizarre. And that to me is a red flag. That's like, no. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing our due diligence here. And the Vikings really have been, you know, like you said, nine candidates and they went through a lot of GMs and what have you. And, and they had nine hour interviews with both uh, Harbaugh and, and uh, 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 another guy. I can't remember what were the other candidates. Uh, Patrick
1: Graham, uh, yeah. defensive coordinator for the Giants. But, but in Harbaugh's defense, I mean, um, he, he, he did earn a certain level of uh, confidence yeah. to come into that interview He's not. Uh, he's not Kevin O'Connell. I mean, if Kevin O'Connell comes in like that, then you probably you you your, your interview's nine minutes. If he starts off that way, with Harbaugh, I kind of like I, I like how Quayce. You know, this this was due diligence. This was a guy that Quayce had a had a uh, experience with at highly successful. Um, you know, he went through that process. It, it, it's a sign to me that he's going to be. We might have said this kind of at the end of when we wrapped up Harbaugh last week. Was it was like you know. It's not a done deal. He's kicking tires. He's he's making sure that uh, uh, that this all works. So you know, ultimately, we won't know how it works until until they start putting wins and losses together. But uh, I get to you know I I come away from this process that the Vikings were very thorough and they you know had the guts. You know that it's guts right now. Maybe in the fall or in two or three years from now, it's it's yeah. I I wouldn't say stupidity because nobody knows has a crystal ball, but. Maybe it's uh, their lack of experience and knowing what to do, but right now it's the guts to take an extreme, hard 180 degree turn into a, a GM that's that's never come from the analytics side. He it never it's never been quite a hire like this, and now you've got a, a young offensive-minded coach from the McVeigh tree. You know the last tree in town was the Parcells tree, and the Parcells tree is a lot older than the uh, 33 whatever whatever uh, Sean McVeigh is. So it's a complete 180 and it's going to be fun to watch either it's going to work out or it might crash and burn it but it'll be fun and fun to watch yeah it's a good thing because carl harbaugh
0: is kind of a mouthful so i'm glad we're not going there but yeah anyways, we don't want to go there you no know, uh for me the the key for o'connell is uh or koc which i'm going to call him is uh his staff i mean he's got the next uh, those are the next big moves that will be made. Once, I mean, it, it, are you believe it's a done deal because it hasn't officially been announced, but everybody's reporting that it's done. Correct. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there's an, there's an agreement there, but the, you the the Josh McDaniels, uh, yeah. the 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 ghost of Josh McDaniels will loom over every hire that comes from a Super Bowl team until they close that, until they give team and they they, they after it happened with McDaniels, I think in 2018, because. Uh, that Super Bowl that was in Minneapolis. I mean, the whole week, you know, Josh McDaniels is being fielding questions about being the Colts' next head coach, and he backs out on the d- the day after. You know, they make the announcement; the Colts officially make the announcement that he's hired, uh, and he all he has to do is come in and sign his contract. Well, he came in, did, he backed out. So there will always be that until the, until the league allows teams to hire before that last game. There'll always be a chance that uh, that he that he does back out. I don't. I don't think anybody's going to, you know, do it again. Uh, especially, I don't think this guy will do it because, you know, Josh McDaniels had a lot of years of, you know, he was a head coach. He was not a very successful one, but he was a head coach. And then he, all those years of success with Brady and the Patriots, um, him back, uh, if Kevin O'Connell backs out. He'll never have another shot in it, ever. So yeah. he's not going to back out, but yeah, no, it's, he, he's been, he's been, you know, they, they've come to an agreement he is the next head coach of the Vikings, unless something, unless he has a brain fart and decides to car- commit career suicide.
0: Boy, would that be bad for the Vikings? They'd be a, uh, they'd be way behind the eight ball trying to scramble. I mean, Zimmer's girlfriend would have a field day with that on Twitter for crying out loud. Um, I, as I was going, if okay, say you know, granted that it is O'Connell and he's he's going to be here that. For me, it's it's uh, his coordinators are going to be huge for him. I, you know, he's first time head coach, and uh, he didn't. I, you know, did, did he call the plays or didn't he call the plays in, in in L.A.? I know he's got a lot of background in setting up the game plan. That's what I've read, and uh, um, I'm not sure if he was calling plays or not. But you know, does if he wasn't, does that mean he's going to want to now that he has the opportunity and he's just going to uh, hire up? Uh, a placeholder uh, OC or is, uh, you know, what do you think there?
1: Well, I, you know, I I think, you know, McVay calls plays, but I think that when a guy gets this job, he's going to want to call plays. I mean, you know, LaFleur calls plays. I mean, I don't think you get this job and you're an offensive guy and you turn that over. I think what like McVay did when he was 12 years old and got hired uh, in Los Angeles, he went out and got Wade Phillips. As his defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips was, I think, in that Super Bowl, might have been seventy-one or something, and Sean McVay is like thirty-one or whatever it was. One of the things about the Harbaugh hire, and I was actually working on this uh, when we when it was starting to steamroll toward, when it looked like it was going to be Harbaugh, was a, a story on Vic Fangio, and Vic Fangio was going to be the defensive coordinator. Now, you know, you, you talk to people in, in Chicago or San Francisco uh, from that had experience with Harbaugh's early years. Uh, it, first three years there, you know that's that would have been a pretty good coup for the Vikings to have Fangio on defense and mm-hmm. uh, and Harbaugh, you know that initial burst of you know you're going to be good right away. I could. Uh, so f- yeah, I I would anticipate that the defensive coordinator is going to be is going to be a, be a uh, you know I wouldn't say a crusty old guy like, but he's going to be an older guy, experienced guy. Maybe it's Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's available, right? He wants to coach next year. Yeah, was gonna, we gonna he, that was going we're going to talk
0: about. Uh you know, the names I've seen float around and this morning are uh Mike Patine, former uh who was with the uh Packers for a, a year maybe. Yeah,
1: Browns head coach, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And at
1: Pleasant. some point in time was a Browns head coach. So
0: <laughs> isn't everybody been? Oh no, maybe not yeah, I said, uh, yeah. Aubrey Pleasant is getting the most uh steam Uh uh was with this year with the Lions as a can't remember what he was, but he's up and coming, and they're kind of grooming him for a. I read that they're kind of grooming him for a defensive coordinator job there when their their DC went would uh, was poached at some point if that happens. Anthony Weaver and then Wink Don Martindale, uh, and they all have the, those names all have a background in the three four defense, which this defense was not built as. Uh, it's possible that could change. The fortunes of uh, Anthony Barr, who people say should be in a 3 4 defense uh, and has spent his entire time with Mike Zimmer in 4 3. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm seeing just this stuff before we come on here. So I don't know if you have any any uh, information on any of that, but what are your thoughts? Do you, do you, do you see somebody like that fitting in? I mean, Patine has been around. He's not, he might not be as crusty as a 71 year old uh, 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 Phillips, but. Uh, you know, uh, to me, I, I I don't I don't want anybody that was not a success with the defense of the Packers, which because he he kind of crashed and burned over there. But maybe this Aubrey Pleasant is a guy who can come up with this this young staff that they're assembling and, and grow together. I don't know. Any thoughts?
1: I, I would be I would be stunned if it's a uh, if it's a younger guy coming up. I, I think it's going to be a, an established. You know, like one one person it could be is Andre Patterson. Andre right. Patterson it is. is uh, beloved in that locker room now that locker room is going to change an awful lot, but that's not going to change. This has been a guy who has been beloved by, by players since the, you know, since the eighties or since the nineties, uh, you know, coaching at the Vikings and everything. Uh, you know, I, I, I would think that he would be in very interesting pair to go with a young offensive coach. Um, that's just a possibility, but I think it's a, it's a, it's an older experienced guy. It's a, it could be a guy that has been a head coach before a guy that, uh, that this kid that this guy can lean on if you know if he's i have a feeling like you don't you don't hire him unless you get a, a feeling that he is a he's comfortable in his own skin he's not thin skinned he's not looking over his shoulder you're not, you're not afraid he's gonna be looking over his shoulder uh that's kind of what mcveigh was like when he came in and, and then they paired him with wade phillips that's i think is the kind of gr- grouping you need uh you know like when, when Z- zimmer wasn't young when he got hired but zim Went out and got Norv Turner, who he basically turned the offense over to and trusted right. uh, initially to do that, and then later Gary Kubiak was his best assistant that he ever had. Gary Kubiak won a Super Bowl, you know, was had experience as a coordinator and call plays and everything. So I think that's what a guy like this will need uh, to get a first year or a young defensive coordinator. To me, is is not wouldn't be the way to go. Well, maybe that's that's you know, and I was
0: thinking about this before we came on. When I was thinking about Pleasant, and reading about him, uh, he wouldn't be a pleasant hire. God darn it,
1: man, you're good. Uh, you're on a roll. But he, uh,
0: they said he, he wasn't calling plays certainly in in Detroit. He was just uh, up and coming, and and they were kind of grooming him. Maybe you bring him in here. He, he as an assistant defensive coordinator to Andre Patterson, you can keep this guy who is beloved by the the defense that exists on the Vikings roster right now. And there's kind of a transition there while you, while you groom him and bring him up another year and, and uh, go that way. That, that to me might be ideal. There's your, there's your seasoned veteran who can, can oversee what you're doing and, and doesn't seem to have a problem with the co-defensive coordinator title because he did it last year for
1: Zimmer was Zimmer's
0: kid. Right. so, Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I, don't yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think they would go with a co-defensive coordinator again that was more Mike you know wanting to get you know his friend and his to satisfy his friend and his son so yeah. you know I was kind of a I mean he took a lot of heat for that and uh, I don't know that it it hurt because Zimmer was basically the defensive coordinator those were kind of titles you know if Zimmer was an offensive guy and they did that then I'd have a more of a problem with it um but yeah I you know up and coming from Detroit, I, that doesn't move the needle for me, <laughs> you know. Um, maybe Wade Phillips. I check check to see how old Wade is. Maybe he's got another. He's got another run in him. Do, do you? Uh, you know, well, you, you got, he's no- got the best. He's got the best Twitter account to follow. I think I've ever. Uh, I've ever oh, seen no. and one of the times. I oh my gosh, son of Bum. Is, uh, something yeah. is his Twitter handle. And, they, and whenever they upset, remember the Panthers in and Super Bowl Fifty. They were supposed to just walk away with it. Cam Newton was, you know, Cam Newton was a pretty confident guy all week, uh, and then the the and Wade and his defense lowered the boom. And uh, yeah, I remember he said uh, something like, uh it was back when they were doing the dab. It was a little dab will do you, but a lot of dab will do you in," or something like that. It was a nice little nice little needle to uh, oh,
0: Mister Newton. Got all those southern bromides. Over. Those are those are always good. Just. Uh... Uh, well, you know, up and coming from Detroit, you got an up and coming quarterback playing in, from Detroit playing in the Super Bowl. Come on, Mark, but we'll get
1: yeah. to that. Yeah, uh, he had to he had to change scenarios just a little bit. Yeah,
0: um, for me, that you know, you got those decisions to make, and and those will happen over the next few weeks. But certainly, the big one looming for Kevin and Kwesi and and anybody else affiliated with the brass at the Vikings is that third K and the triple K and Kirk cousins. What are you going to do with that, dude? I mean, there's been a lot of steam in the past few days. I mean, I, I shouldn't say there's steam because it's trade him, keep him. And, and, you know, some people are saying, Oh, oh KOC likes him and is he's familiar with him from a year. I think they spent in Washington together. And um, yeah, I, I actually think they have to keep him and uh and, and assemble, you know, the staff around. He might. Kirk's got to take a. Uh, a uh, he's got to lower that cap hit any way He can. I mean, that's that's essential for him staying. If it's not, it's not willing to do that. Then I'm saying, okay, kick, get rid of him and rebuild. But uh, it seems like Cousins is amenable to it, and if KLC is. Uh, uh, Wants to keep him. I, I think that's a good first move because their offense, you know, w- with a couple of linemen is really built to go. And, you know, if you can get him to m- mitigate the cap hit and then build slot in some defensive players in there and then get Mike uh, Zimmerman as a consultant to draft for a defensive player, just kidding, uh, you, c- you can turn things around pretty quickly in a, in a league. It's all pretty even right now, so I don't know. Uh, I, I guess maybe I'm saying that's what I'd like to see: that that he negotiates, they get some money for the defense, they put in a couple new uh, uh, offensive starters in that offensive line, and uh, they're good to go. In, and and then they go win the NFC North. But you know, what what are your thoughts on on the the Cousins dilemma that uh, uh, KOC
1: and Kwasia is going to face here real soon? Well, I mean, like you said, there's a lot out there. It's like Kirk Cousins. Like I said, is the he's the United States of America. It's 50 percent love him, 50 percent hate him, and no one's moving. And it's you know uh, he's to me he's a uh, and to satisfy both sides he's he's uh, he's too good to get rid of and he's too bad to keep. So what do you do? It's like um, he's in the middle. I mean, the one year that uh, that O'Connell had with him in Washington as quarterbacks coach, uh, Kirk. 27 touchdowns 4 thousand some yards five interceptions statistically Kirk cousins record wise was seven and nine so that's that's been Kirk's thing you know um, I think because they have a guy that had a year with him um, the fact that the Wolves said they want to be super competitive right away and and the league is you're capable of being super competitive right away I mean there's like 16 in the last 18 years there's been a worst of first. Um, there's been team like the Bengals you know, last in the AFC North last year, they they could win the Super Bowl. So you don't need to take some five-year project and step back. Um, you know, now you have you know, offensive guy, offensive system. Um, uh, probably gonna have a better relationship with Kirk. Uh Kirk will renegotiate, I'm sure he will, because it's to their advantage sometimes when they jump jumble money around and it gives them, you know, some some uh security in the future. It's it's how much do you want to do all that and be tied to him beyond this year, I, you know. But they have a they have a great cap guy and Rob Brzezinski. They'll figure that out. I think Kirk with with this hire, Kirk stays, and um, you know, for lack of a better word, he's your bridge guy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to give this staff a, a chance to uh, to probably truly evaluate uh, Kellen Mond, where I don't believe that the last staff probably did much of that. It was. Uh, I don't think that they liked that that draft pick where it was, and probably thought they needed a defensive guy, and they probably did. It was just kind of a wasted pick, and because uh, yeah. you're, you know, there is no future if you didn't win this year or this past year. So uh, I think Kirk. You know, that's the thing about Kirk is like he. Like I said he's just he's too good to just get rid of him and start over with a rookie. But you've got to start having an exit plan of you know like if if he's he goes 8 and 9 again next year or at some point you got to kind of like you got to get that other that that guy who's a more that rookie that's more that's affordable that you can really really you know make your hay with in those four years that's a lot of what happens in the league is you know trading for Matthew Stafford is that's <laughs> you know that's just not something that typically yeah. happens and works so uh yeah i i think he stays i could be could be 100 percent wrong, but I think he stays with this with this hire because there's a film familiarity there, uh, and he makes Brzezinski and the coach will work together to try and you know Brzezinski will be responsible for making it uh, the the contract it's as team friendly as he can. This is a renegotiation, and this guy's got to get something out of Kirk that we haven't seen.
0: Yeah, and if, if you know, even if if he's kind of unwilling to budge too far, I think they have to renegotiate him nonetheless even to trade him I don't there's not a lot of teams out there can take on that kind of uh you know some of that will stay with the bike and some of that salary cap hit but uh I, that's that's a big number to, to to unload on anybody and you're not going to get much so I think they have to somehow negotiate him and make it a more uh tenable deal to get him to to get to, to do anything with him but yeah ultimately I think they he renegotiates he and he stays
1: go ahead I mean, I it, it it depends on what you get for him. I mean, the Rams, the Rams targeted Matthew Stafford, a gigantic numbers guy, who never really had any, never won anything. But I think that you know, in saying that, they're, they're you know, they're good number guys, bad record guys. But I think there's something there to, to Stafford. I mean, and Cousins can make all the throws. He's got all the accuracy. But I think that there's something a little bit different about Matthew Stafford that eludes Kirk as maybe a leader, or a, you know, might be something a little bit missing there. That you, I don't think you're going to get two number ones and a three for Kirk. So you know, a lot of it depends on what is some, what is someone going to give you for him if you, if you're talking trade. It's a good point. Uh, it, it's it's really going to be
0: something that's going to come to the fore in the next few weeks, and we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about it uh, at nauseum. Uh, uh, as, as it happens. But uh, I guess I'd like to see this, uh, see a Super Bowl take place, see the the uh, coaching hires solidified so they can go forward. And, and like you say, listening to you, it sounds like, yeah, it would be a bad mistake to to all of a sudden change your mind um, and not go uh, uh, finish this out. So, so I guess on that note, we'll take a quick break here on the Vikings Territory Breakdown. And uh, we'll be back and we'll talk some uh, – some uh, NFL news with our NFL insider, Mark Craig. Come on back. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberle and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. And Mark's our NFL insider. He's got his finger on the pulse of the NFL. He's got his his finger on the button to vote for Hall of Fame people and MVPs and blah, 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 blah. Mark's the guy. You should be here to listen to him for that. Oh, yeah. You probably already really? are I'm hearing me say that. Wow. So. Um, anyway, a couple of headlines came out this week that I wanted to hit on. And and one of the big ones is the uh, uh, Brian Flores lawsuit. He's suing the league and a couple of teams for uh, uh, representation from the African-American community, not being highly represented in, in the coaches. They hired nine new coaches in the league and not one of them was a minority candidate. Well, then I think they just hired a tenth one. That that guy from uh, uh, San Francisco. I think I think he was another.
1: Well, Lovey Smith got
0: hired in Houston. That's true. That's another one. But I mean, the, um. the, the tenth and the eleventh. Yeah, I, and the, the tenth guy was. I can't uh. think of his name. With glasses, but he's a he's a biracial. So they're kind yeah. of calling that. But it, you know, I don't know if that's going to soften uh, Florida's lawsuit or not. Um, but uh, he's probably committing some some. Uh, career suicide, isn't
1: he? By making a stand. Well, I just, just, uh, reading up on some of it and, you know, for him to to talk about the tanking and, and, uh, I think it was a guy that reached his point where he didn't care if, uh, if it's career suicide or not, he, he had had enough. He had seen enough in his, in his, uh, personal interaction with teams and, uh, you know, it's, it's in his right to do that. And yeah, I mean, the league, uh, You know, Goodell came out and said they need to do better. And they've said that before. Um, You know, but there's also been guys like uh, Jim Caldwell or someone came out and said, you know, that he respects that lawsuit. But he said that's not the uh, not the experiences that I had as a minority, uh, not the experiences that I had when I went through my interviews. So when you have a rule like the Rooney rule that says you have to interview one and then, then it became you have to interview two. And then I think it became, you know, two for GM and the coach. Um, that's the rule. And there are going to be some, you know, some interviews that probably aren't genuine. And uh, I think Tony Dungy or someone mentioned years ago when it came up was, uh, you know, when someone would have a feeling that it wasn't a genuine interview, it was like, hey, we got this rule in place. You need to go through the, you need to, if nothing else, get your experience in doing it. Now, there's a lot of frustration. I don't, you know, I don't blame them. Uh, I'm not in their shoes, so I don't know. Uh, I can't fault the guy for reaching a point. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, back to back, I think you, uh, two winning seasons in a row where he didn't, you know, like the only two, the only team that had a winning season in the last two years, didn't get in the playoffs, uh, a 17 game season. Uh, and he, he has a winning record and didn't get in the playoffs. Uh, so, Did he you know, start out? and then one seven in a yeah, row. Yeah, and then they so they and then they fire him. So yeah. um you know he's there's probably some merit there uh for sure. And uh you know and then I also I also on the other side well there's not two sides. I'm not gonna say there's two sides. But like uh Zach Taylor was asked about that um if he thought there was systemic racism I and mean, he he said they need to do better. Um you know Zach Taylor is a guy that uh people would say you know when he got hired uh in Cincinnati why are they hiring him? He's a quarterback's coach uh, for the Rams. Uh, you know, why are they hiring this? This You know, he's not a, a minority. Well, three years later, he's in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> you can say that there's, you know, the, the system, uh, they need to do better, but there's also, it's, you know, there's guys that are being hired, like O'Connell. You know, that's – we don't know what he's going to be like. And certainly to me, the one thing that the people – Vikings fans who are concerned about these issues with Minneapolis and everything um, – you can look to the Wills and be really comfortable that they are not, they are not making, that they are making uh, hires based on who the best people are. I mean, they have, you know, um, uh, Quasi uh, is, is, is a minority. Um, oh, gosh, i drawing a blank on all their other, you know, but they, yeah. You know, so had, to me, they,
0: in the past are minorities. I mean, they've had Daddy Green and they've had uh, Leslie yeah. Frazier and, so. Yeah, and,
1: they the, and they're the guy that, you know, uh, Ke- Kevin Warren, that's, uh, yeah. it's amazing how people you, you, know, you know so well that you, you know, it's in your head when you get to our age, Joe, or I should <laughs> say my age, you're, you're older than me. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, Kevin Warren was a guy, the highest ranking guy on the business side in, in the NFL, um, is a Big Ten commissioner. So, And the Wilfs, you know, second generation Holocaust survivors. I mean, they're not, you know, discrimination is, uh, is not something that's in their DNA not something that they're going to uh, be party to. Uh, so I think that while it's a lawsuit against the league, I, you know, I'm not, am not a Vikings fan, but I'm saying that, that in this area, they're, they're doing the right things. It's
0: such, it's yeah. such a, a tough issue and such a fine line to walk. I mean, you have to make a hire for uh, that. You think is the best person for your organization. At the same time, you have to be sensitive to and pay attention to, to the, the Rooney rule and, and make sure you're covering your bases there. And I, you know, I mean, I think you can look at numbers and make a case, you know, for either way. I mean, you just made a case for the Vikings uh, in one way, which is really good by I mean, I mean, if you're looking at nine hires and only or none of them are uh, minority care uh, 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 candidates, you're, you're going to get, get upset. So I mean, it's, it's like any political, anything that becomes political in this country can go back and forth and you can make your case either way. I, I, I just hope, you know, the Rooney Rule is a good thing. It should uh, make teams do their due diligence and maybe help them find minority candidates. I think it's a great thing. I'm just surprised as heck as people like Eric Biannimi is finally now just getting his first interview, I think, this week sometime. I, I thought I read that somewhere. But um um, but then he's got some stuff in his background that can preclude him from – so it's it's not just um, there's these jobs, there's these guys, and there needs to be this. You can't – I don't think you can do that. This You know, you have – there's so much other things involved in the decision, and you have to make the right decisions. You can't make a decision based purely on uh, – the numbers and the
1: ratios and what have you. So I don't know. Well, I, I think the, you know, I think the Vikings, um, you know, they didn't hire, they didn't interview like Patrick Graham or D'Amico Ryans or um, Raheem Morris to satisfy any, I mean, they had to, they had to do the two interviews for for the coach, but to me, those are, those are guys that, that there's resumes. You know, D'Amico Ryans is a, was a is a rising star. I mean, he's, right. He's on the, the a defensive version of, I think, Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he's a guy that was just in the league five years ago. He pulled back. He pulled that, back. He pulled yeah, back he, he, yeah, he pulled out whenever uh, – when Harbaugh came in, and I think he probably was reading the same uh, tweets that you were, that it was a done deal. Um, but, you know, for them to talk to those guys, Raheem Morris has a, has a pretty good, um, you know, resume. And, you know, he's, he's, he's in the Super Bowl. Alongside Kevin o- O'Connell. So, uh, those were interviews that uh, to me, and nine hours with Patrick Graham. Uh, so, you know, there was not any uh, token interviews, I think, on the Vikings part. If, if a guy like Raheem Morse doesn't
0: get another shot, then you got to start scratching your head and wondering what the hell's going on. I mean, he was a head coach once, it didn't work out, but he's now built the defense up back and it's in the Super Bowl. It's a great defense right? For the Rams. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Uh, and, That's a, yeah. And his names call back up, but if he doesn't get a, another shot at a head coach, there's something wrong. Uh I, I think he deserves it. So I, I don't know. I mean, ultimately when you're hiring somebody, you want to see if you're sitting eye to eye with this guy and his philosophy and, and this guy in, in, in the way he want, goes, wants to take the team the same way you do. And all that has to line up. But, Man, you think a guy like that would uh, would get another shot and get another shot soon? With all the all the teams that uh, change coaches, head coaches this year, it's it's a. Oh, this
1: is a this is a good showcase game for him. With uh, you know, I love love Joe Burrow, love Jamar Chase, but uh, that offensive line against the Rams is uh, a little concerning for people that want that uh, want Cincinnati to win. So it could be a it could be a heck of a showcase game for Raheem Morris if. Uh, Joe Burrow is uh, that The highlights are all Joe Burrow getting clobbered, and then uh, Raheem Morris. The stock goes up.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we, we can't solve that here, but uh, well, I'm sure we'll keep talking about it. It's the best way to do it: keep talking about these issues and and uh, as they go forward. And I wanted to bring up another one. There was this note, just because it's Cleveland and you're Cleveland guy. There was uh, Hugh Jackson, former coach there, said he was uh, uh, was told to tank. Uh, games and there was a monetary incentive for him to do so. And he, oh, he did a good job. Pardon me? If he was told to tank that he follows orders very well. <laughs> and I was just thinking about that whole thing. And, you know, it, it got me thinking, wh- why would you want to tank for anyway? Because, um, you know, you're, you're basically tanking for one pick unless there's a, there's a, there's, you know, I, I went back and looked at, I sent this to you. I went back and looked at the Vikings picks in the past 10 years and there was uh, in the past 10 years, there was three guys, three picks that were better than the one they're going to get this year. Uh, You know, two of them was, and then the previous one, there was five picks that were underneath or 12 or below. And some of them were winners. I mean, there's two hall of famers in there, Adrian Peterson, Kevin Williams, I think. And there's, there's a couple of big time busts, Troy Williamson, and and who else did I say here? Uh, uh, Christian Ponder, and and the other guys are in the middle. You know, some you know, I, one of them was Trey Wayne's, who's this week. You know, probably won't get on the field in Cincinnati. You know, for Cincinnati, he's at, he, might, he might play some special teams, but he, you know, he's probably not going to uh, play any defensive back for him. Uh, it, it's. You know what I just don't see I, there's been tanking in other leagues and there's you know NBA and what have you and, and i and I get it. but ultimately, it's that first pick. if if you got a quarterback that you want to go get or something like that and you know it's surefire, and, and I, I can see you doing it then. but why would you you know if you get a pick in the top five to five, you know in single digits, you should get somebody good if you've done your homework or, you know, it, it's a crap shoot. I don't know. It, it was just uh, I just want to throw it out there for discussion and see what you
1: think. Well, I, you know, I think that teams, what you tank for is, you know, those years when it's an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning or, you know, um, you know, th- you know, that uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, people you know, tank for Trevor and all this stuff. I think, you know, if you're going to do it, that's what you do it for. You don't do it like the Vikings have, you know, the Vikings have never really, have never won anything, but the Vikings have never been bad or horrible or a laughingstock for an extended period of time. Um, I would venture to, well, laughingstock, maybe their first, before Bud got here in those first six years or whatever it was. Um, but to me, it's like, the, you know, tanking for the Vikings would be like going from, typically in their history would be, okay, we're going to lose a couple games at the end of the year. You know, you go from... 18 to 14 or whatever, um, you know. I, I I wouldn't like to do it at, no matter what. I remember uh, uh, one of the years, the Leslie Frazier. I think the year that uh, that they only won three ga- three games. Uh, they won. Uh, yeah, it was 2011 uh, when they, they went to Washington and uh, they had a chance to be have a, a higher pick. Uh, and they they beat the they beat Washington and that's when Adrian got hurt hurt his knee and all that. I remember remember like, like the following year or something, whatever, whatever that pick, whatever pick they were going to get, they could have traded, um, because the RG three, remember that RG three trade? Yeah. Well, all the all that came with it, I, I forget all the details, but I remember uh, t- talking to Leslie. Like, you oh, in hindsight, you know, Leslie, would you, you know, would you like to have lost that game? And uh, you know, Leslie was just, and, and he Leslie said to me, he goes, oh, come on, Mark, he goes, next question, next question. And I said, "I go, Les. Welcome to the NFL. That's your first next question." Because he was the nicest guy in the history of uh, of of people, and he was at the podium, and he was just like saying, "You know, like, what are you talking about? You you wanted me to lose?" And uh, and he said, "He said next. He said next question. Next question." Oh, so it was it was so yeah. You look back in hindsight and different things, and you know, uh, you know, last year the Jets. You know, I don't know who, who's going to end up being better, Lawrence or, or Zach Wilson, but I have a feeling it'll be Lawrence if he ever gets some get some good coaching. Uh, to me, it's like the Jets were, were running away with that, and then they won some games at the end of last year, and end up with the number two pick. In situations like that where I'm thinking you know, maybe it is better, I don't think you, you try to lose by making calls and different things, but maybe you you make some roster or you make some lineup adjustments or something to get people – like if you wanted a tank uh, this year, you'd say, "Oh, Kellen Mond, we're going to get a good long look at Kellen Mond." Now, you know why would Mike Zimmer do that? Why would Why would Mike Zimmer in Green Bay say the next week he's going to look at Kellen Mond? He knew no he, he knew where he was. God, screw you! I, I I'd, I'd have probably done this. I'm not going to look at give the next guy a chance to see Kellen Mond. Uh, and to me, it's like people that you know because that's the that's the the thing you find in, in September is like not you know, the draft right now is a year-round sport. It's his own sport There's the draft. So to me, people that that when a team starts out 0-2, you know, it's like, oh, my God, we, we've got to tank for the draft. We've got to get a good draft pick. So you want to be in misery for the next 15 games. And to me, it's always been, less, you know, if they're going to expand the playoffs, expand the season, you know, fight to get in the playoffs. And that's what, uh, you know, what Zimmer was doing all year up until Kirk Cousins got COVID. And it was, then you knew they were going to go to Green Bay and get kicked. Cr- it destroyed so he was fighting for the playoffs to save his job and who knows you sneak in a few wins and then suddenly you're, you're this surprise team uh but you know to me it's he wasn't going to tank until until he was out and then even then by then he was like "Ah, i ain't doing it for you guys there, there
0: there's there's no way in his entire career right even when there was opportunities earlier for, that he would even consider that he, he's, he's certainly not wired that way. And, and you now the other part of it is too, the players, you know, they to be honest, they, they shouldn't be tanking either unless you know that you're going to be back next year and you're under contract and you're the best in the team and blah, blah, blah. You might uh, relax a little in, in what, games like that, but you know, they're, they're putting, they're putting you know uh their resume on film and if they're if they're gonna not play hard so i, I just the, the whole idea behind it is is to me it's not that big a deal i mean because you know the first pick is the first pick but t- by the time the second round rolls around you know you might it, it's nice to have that for high pick in the start of the second round but after that you got to be uh getting the guys that you need and you got to have a good scouting and, and tanking just seems to me to be silly in, in the NFL, but you know, maybe it happens. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure it does happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we could uh we could talk about the Pro Bowl now. I mean that that was a blast, wasn't it? I I uh, I missed the first ha- I caught the final few plays of the first half. And I heard the announcer say, oh, hey, now we got something going on here. They finally took a guy to the ground. And so as half by the time halftime started, I took a nap and woke up in time to watch Dalton Cook score a touchdown. I think it must have been his first first touchdown in the Pro Bowl. He's been to three now and because and, he took the ball with him over to the sidelines, which I thought was interesting. So clearly <laughs> this thing takes is more important to these players than. I don't know. I don't I, think
1: so. <laughs> hey, he was pretty. He was pretty giddy. He took the ball. Well, it, um, and I, I think I told you this before, but uh, when the when the when the Pro Bowl was in Miami in the early 2000s, I went yeah. a week early, so I, we covered it. And then you know, Steve Hutchinson was in it. McKinney was in it till he got kicked off the team. Um, you know, Heath Far, uh, Farwell was in it. Uh, who I used to call Keith Keith Farwell instead of Heath Farwell, uh, <laughs> but. Um, you know, that's that's, that's that's the Sid in me coming out. I'm, I, you know, that screws to screw his name up. I yeah, think. You're older than you
0: think, Mark. So don't. Uh, me. Right.
1: So uh, that was the first one that I had seen since probably, I don't know, 20 years, 20, 20 years. I just did never watch the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So this one, in t- anticipation of us breaking down the Pro Bowl, I, I turned it on for probably five plays. And I didn't realize, because I, I know that they weren't doing this in the early two thousands, I don't remember them. Like it was literally a, like a walkthrough, like you would have, like you'd go to a Vikings scrimmage on a Saturday night at TCO, you know, they come through the line. And as soon as they're wrapped up, they blew the whistle. And I did not realize it had gotten to that point. Uh, And also I didn't realize, I mean, I knew that the, that the, the, you know, the action on the line of scrimmage was kind of a, you know, more of a waltz than a, than a war, you know, they kind of stand up and they just, they just shadow each other. And um, I just don't, I don't, if it's, I I, do, I don't think you want your players, you don't want Dalvin Cook playing a normal game. I just don't know why it even has to be played now. If first of all, you're, it's not a, it's not a football game. I, I was amazed at how, how much farther it's gone toward just being like a touch game and maybe they should play like a although years ago before the super bowl there was a a patriots running back that played uh, and they had like a flag football game on the beach and he blew his knee out so no. i was going to say they could play flag football but uh they might get hurt doing that going full speed but i just don't think there's a need for the game there's you know everybody opts out of it it's just but I, maybe it gets good ratings i have no idea
0: I think it does for 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 kids who who love all star games. I mean, I, I I ripped it on Twitter a few years back for the reasons you're saying now because I'd watch it. I tuned in the year before. I said, "Man, this is this is not football. This is just you know they're going out there and it's basically a little bit faster run through. We've all seen practices or walkthroughs. You know? I don't even
1: I don't even think it's it's much faster than a than a scrimmage like you would see, you know, a typical. Training camp. At least the, the five plays I saw. Yeah, because uh, it, because it, whistle. I mean, as soon as the guy got went through the line of scrimmage, as soon as he danced through the line of scrimmage uh, among linemen that were just kind of standing up, they blew the whistle. I mean, they blew you know, they blew it like there was a pass to Diggs uh, in front of Harrison Smith, and it was you know like as soon as he caught it, they blew the whistle and they kind of hugged and I was like, wow, it's just <laughs> a lot of as as a, as a lot of things. I'm, I'm le- as I get older, I'm learning, Joe. Um, it might not be the, the wrong thing, but it's not the right thing for me. <laughs> right. I
0: don't I have yeah, no, pal- was I, was,
1: I did five plays and then I, I went, I flipped over to Pebble beach. I'd much rather watch Pebble beach, uh, any day of the, of the week. Same speed,
0: same speed of the game for those two yeah. things. I, I, uh, that's what I complained about. I said, either, you know, make some changes to make this more competitive. I understand. We all understand the injury thing. Cause they're just you know, multi-millionaire players that are so important to the, to the teams. you don't want them getting hurt. and I don't want nobody wants them getting hurt, but it, it's got to be somehow changed different. And it, I saw it uh, and, and I got ripped for it because they were saying,, all oh, the kids like to see the, 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 these big name players show up and play together and see what happens. And you know, as a kid, it meant more to me back then, but they played. I saw some video online the other day of Chuck Foreman. Who was just having an incredible game in one of the? Uh, uh, he was in a. He was opposite O.J. Simpson, and you know the two running backs in this Pro Bowl, and and Foreman was just phenomenal, you know. Uh, but anyway, they, and they were tackling. You seen people getting lit up back then, but this you can't do that. But you know, and uh, the other thing that, that maybe behind it is someone was saying they can introduce rules that they potentially think might be adopted in the NFL. Well, they but have rules.
1: Yeah, it's not the same game though. It's not no. not played the same way. So, yeah.
0: Well, they had this rule where you know, you could choose after you scored if you would have first and 15 on your own 25. If you you could keep the ball after you scored a touchdown or a field goal and you you had fourth and 15, not first and 15, fourth and 15, you know, and if you if you got the first down, you kept going with the ball. If you didn't, the other team took over right there. Which is you know interesting. I mean, it's really funky, and, and they're, they're, they, they said the reason being is I think I was reading some stuff that Seifert was writing, Kevin Seifert. But it was to figure out ways to take the the hits out of the kickoff and stuff like that. The the injuries there. So I don't know if it was successful because it was it was pretty weird. But it was cool. It was cool from that point to see what that's like in an NFL game to a, to a Yeah, I mean
1: they've 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 watered down the kickoff and. It, it, Twenty years from now, and we'll say, well, what, "What times kickoff?" There's probably going to be some kids going, "What times what?" You know, they just, <laughs> they're not going to they're not going to associate kickoff with the start of a game. You know, because it'll it'll yeah. be you know what what time, time is, is the plate? What time is the placement of the ball at the thirty yard line?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know. It was it was uh, funny. There was there was one moment that I want to bring up and talk to you about. Whereas you uh, know, uh, we had the two Diggs brothers. Uh, in the on opposite sides of the field and and uh uh at one point digs Stefan Diggs lines up as a cornerback versus Trayvon diggs who was lining up as a receiver and <laughs> you know here you go he was running in a pass pattern and digs uh Stefan's got him covered and and Kirk Cousins didn't throw him the ball. That's like some guy said on Twitter, but uh uh and Kirk Cousins didn't throw the ball their way because he's uh, he's the thief of joy, which I thought was kind of funny.
1: Um yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, the Thief of Joy might, uh, although, you know, he, he did give a, a lot of joy at some of the end of the, those games this year. Uh, but that also might have been Kirk's, I didn't see it, I don't see it, didn't see the body language, but that might have been uh, Kirk's middle finger to the Diggs family of like,
0: uh, oh,
1: yeah, you know, you guys want your little moment. and uh, But I seem to remember uh, some things that uh, were said about me that uh, weren't too favorable. So he looked the other way and threw to someone, I'm just guessing. Uh, and if he did that, then uh, maybe that's I, I would respect Kirk more for for having a little more guts to do things like that than than to satisfy you know the let's throw it It would have been cool to see, but uh, yeah, I'm Kirk, just guessing maybe Kirk might have said you know he
0: goes I, yeah. I went through my progression and he was he was covered yeah was covered.
1: exactly he, yeah you were covered yeah <laughs> hats off Stefan
0: final point is uh, I thought and I, I tuned in for a little bit this, this one of the the, the pre night uh, preambles to this. Pro Bowl, and they had a they had a wow. Dodge. You're
1: dedicated.
0: I, I was just nothing, nothing on at night, and 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 they had they were playing dodgeball, and it was hilarious. And you should have seen these guys going for it. They were m- much more animated, much more into it than they certainly were on Sunday. And uh, Justin Jefferson makes the it was him against uh, Nick Chubb, the last two on each team, and Nick Chubb throws a ball at him, and Jefferson's back, and he couldn't get away, and he, and he catches it with one arm right here wins the wins them with a lock off catch and it was
1: uh was it like a volleyball or something or what was it
0: it was it was dodgeball you know those uh, oh. rubber balls you you played dodgeball as a kid didn't you uh,
1: we, well we we used to in 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 uh like junior high and elementary school was deflated uh well we played with volleyballs and then also deflated volleyball leather volleyballs so you could whip the volleyball oh,
0: you you and you and uh, tom brady you like the deflated balls because you can grab yeah, them.
1: yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I took. I can still see the ball coming at my nose. Uh, my best friend, he, we still laugh about it to this day. When I come home, he's like, "You remember that by time I hit you in the face with a volleyball?" Yep. You know he does.
0: That was his 15 minutes or 15 seconds of glory right there. Yep. Mark Craig. Yeah, he,
1: he had a pretty good arm too. So uh,
0: that's never any good. Well, I, uh, moving on from there, I, uh, there's a big game i coming up this week. The Vikings aren't in it, so we don't need to talk about it. Or do we know? We we do. Uh, the uh, the uh, Rams, you know. Actually, the Bengals are the home team for this game, even though it's in the <laughs> Rams Stadium. You know, another acronym yeah. for this game. Um, <clears throat> well, we know from last week that I won the uh, the bet for Mankato beer. Uh, yeah,
1: fifty one oh two, Joe. Did so it.
0: We could. Uh, yeah, got to get it in under the wire.
1: You and, closed me out. Yeah, you closed me out.
0: Yeah, but we can still. Uh, have a little thing I, you know we may end up taking the same team this week because you know all bets are off as far as who we want to pick but you know I, I'm hoping for a good game I, uh, I think I think uh, on the outset <clears throat> the Rams defensive line which is really hungry they've been to a Super Bowl in the past, in the past few years uh, would really like to win it this year they, they, they played well a week ago to get there. And I think they're going to be pretty good against a suspect offensive line for the Bengals. Um, you know, so I, you know, they're the four-point favorites right now, but three of those points are just because they're in their home stadium. Um, I, I, I look at the quarterbacks and uh, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow from Cincinnati is just. I, I think the pre more the pressure is more on Stafford in this one than it is on him. Oh, because, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Stafford, you know, is, you know, had, you know, people talk, you know, he, he was brought in to win this thing. And, and here's uh, Burroughs who's kind of – he says he's sick of the underdog uh, uh, story. But, boy, I think he, I'd want it this week to take all the pressure off. You know, we don't have to win. I can just come in here and wheel and deal and, and play like normal and have fun. If we lose, okay, whatever. We're, you know, so I, I that, that's, that concerns me a little bit. I'd, I'd like to see Stafford win it. I'd like to uh, – uh, I'm not sure I want to see their owner win it. Um, but, uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm going to pick the the Rams in a very close one, but, uh, you know, it could very easily
1: go the other way. How's that for taking a stance there? You're, you're kind of, you're like, you're like right. Brett Favre. You started on one side, ended on um, King of
0: equivocation. That's me.
1: No, I, you know, yeah, to me, I, I got, I have to still have to sit down and do all my, my page for the, for Sunday's paper, all the different things, but, uh, in, in a nutshell, it's, it's the uh, the pass rush for the Rams. I don't think that the Bengals will be able to handle that pass rush uh, and win the game. So, uh, but yeah, as far as the pressure, the pressure's been on Matthew Stafford since well, since they announced the trade, and it's been on him since uh, if on the field since that first Sunday night on. I mean, I um, didn't just
0: discover that. That was yeah. So first hell? Sunday,
1: first Sunday night against the Bears, uh, there was pressure and and and. and you know i i didn't think that it would all come together for them but i think it's actually going to happen uh, as far as it being a, at their place and i don't know if they're getting three points because of that typically your your super bowl crowd is it's you know, like it's not this is not going to be a rams like home game where oh, right. there's not the season there are season tickets holders show up you know it's a super bowl corporate crowd it's la um there's going to be you know each team gets so many uh so many tickets and some coaches have been known to sell their Super Bowl tickets uh, from Minneapolis and other p- parts of the country. Um, so, yeah, it's not going to be like a home crowd. Oh, Mark! Um, Mark. And last year, you know, the, the Buccaneers won it, theirs at home last year, but that well, was uh, like, what, 20,000? No, no, there were fans. I think it might have been 20,000 fans or something. Not Not a very big what? crowd.
0: They're in LA for crying out loud! Jack Nicholson's going to be in the bloody front row, and every every other uh, bandwagoner is going to pay all kinds of money to get those those corporate tickets. They're going to they're 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 going to get a bunch of LA stars out there. They probably won't cheer. They'll sit there because they're movie stars anyway. Go ahead, keep talking. I, I'm just having yeah. A- in uh,
1: actually, it, I would have in 2009. I got my brother a ticket in Tampa when the when the Steelers played the uh, the cardinals. And so my brother what goes all in his, you know, dressed head to toe in orange. He's sitting on the 50-yard line with all the steeler all the steeler family. And uh so I I didn't even need binoculars. I look across the field and I saw this little, you know, considerable person in uh sized person in his yellow in his orange and uh and all by sea of black and and yellow. Um but no, he he walked out of the uh, the Tampa, uh, the tic, face value on the ticket at that time was $850. Wow. He walked out of the Tampa Convention Center and someone said, I'll give you $3,500 for that ticket. He didn't take it, of course. Um, I would have said sold. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would have, or I might have said, you know, make a little more. But, that, yeah. yeah, to me, for what what people will pay for these tickets, it's insane. And yeah, it's and i obviously being in la you know in a 5 billion dollar stadium i can't even imagine what those tickets are going to be going for uh, you know on the market so so you 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 sounds like you're
0: leaning towards the rams to win oh yeah game. yeah
1: I, I don't know you know i'm going to say close game only because I, you know I, I feel like i've been picking against the Bengals for the past 16 weeks you know it's like you know didn't think they'd win the wild card didn't think they'd win the division didn't think they the they'd win in kansas city uh, this quarterback, I think even, you know, he gets sacked nine times and wins a game. Yeah. Uh, this quarterback, Um, uh, this, his leadership, his ability, his grittiness, um, and just that, that team's gritty toughness keeps it close, I think. But I just think that the Rams, uh, the defense, the pass rush is what I'm hanging my guess on. Okay, so we're we're a push on that one. Let's let's go with the coin toss. I'm I'm going to take tails. So yeah, well I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to predict that it lands on its edge. Wow, it doesn't go one way or another. If if that's the case, then I'll buy you a Mankato beer. Beer. So. You'd have to you'd have to sign over the lease to, if that happened.
0: <laughs> well, it should be a good game. That's what I'm hoping for. It should be fun. It's uh, you know, it's not the the usual suspects. It's not the. Uh, the Bradys and the uh, whoever else that that the uh, the networks would love to see in there they got people that are just not as shiny as as guys like him or, or Aaron Rodgers so it's uh it'll be fun it's kind of exciting it'll, it'll, it it'll I I wonder if you know I, I don't think uh, Burl will get rattled but I wonder if any of those other players in their first Super Bowl will for the Bengals you know I think the Rams have I think the advantage there too
1: yeah, I think typically you see, you know, the balls tend to sail sail a little more early in the Super Bowls. Uh you know, I think it's it's also I like it that it's not the usual suspect. I think last year Brady, you know, winning that game was was exciting just because it's like, oh my gosh, he he did exactly what he said he was gonna do right. and nobody thought it was gonna happen. Well now the Rams have a chance to do exactly what they said they were gonna do. And in in their way is this, you know, upstart team that I think I think a lot of the country, especially the parts in the middle, are <laughs> uh, Midwesterners are going to be, you know, rooting for the for the Bengals. I, I, I would venture to guess Vikings fans are probably looking at. They like the underdog, uh, the, the Joe Burrow type of story, as opposed to you know, Stan Kroenke builds his five billion dollar right. Taj Mahal, you know, buys all, you know, buys up the players. They mortgage their future with uh, draft picks and and then they get rewarded for it. So, uh, to me, that's, uh, there's a lot to be said for both. I, you know, I like the underdog story, but also there's something to be said about a team that said, you know what, here's our plan. It's a bold plan and we're going to go do it. And then they do it. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin O'Connell coming
0: from that, you know, if they win it, he can then go to the Wolves and say, see, you got to (laughs) go, you got to go buy these guys, get me some free agents in here right now. (laughs) And, uh, that, that would be nice, too. Anyway, um, I'll look forward to uh, talking about that game next week with you and see where we go. Um, I'll be watching that coin flip to see if it lands on its side. And uh, uh, we'll be back to, to talk about the Super Bowl and what have it going forward. This is going to be the place to be because Mark Craig knows what's going on with this team and in the NFL. And so as the offseason comes, Mark's favorite time of the year, uh, let's uh, – <laughs> Yeah, no draft talk today? No draft talk today? i today. we'll put a moratorium on it just for today, but you know, we'll start talking about it soon as soon as we know who our coach is. Uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike Waldem in the background. And uh, we will see you uh, next week with our post-Super Bowl uh, podcast, and, and we'll chat with you then. Thanks much. Skull.